Okay, let's keep rolling. <laughs> Eric Turrell. What's going on, guys? We, we don't have time to restart again. No. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eric, nice to ha- have you on the show. Yeah. Oh, shit. This is live. Oh, it's not no, live. It's not live. <laughs> but it's, we're hot. We're oh, we're hot. Okay, whatever. Let's keep right, rolling. That was the best of... I'm 37 days. <laughs> yeah. I love so you. Go with it. I'm doing... Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, guys. Oh, yeah. No worries. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you for sticking around after that intro. Yeah. <laughs> we usually start with one segment, but let's start... Let's create a new segment. What did you think of the intro? I thought <laughs> it was very good. Like, I honestly... I, I, I really enjoy the creativity yeah. to which that it involved that, that intro, so... Yeah. Actually, thank, you. thank you. If you had to score it out of 10, what would you score it? Oh, probably 2.5. Yeah, 2.5. Okay. That's the best I think we've gotten so far. So, so this is a new thing where whoever is the host that week will do an intro and then we'll have the guest score them immediately like after out of 10. We just we'll, created something. We'll see how long it takes before you guys actually start using my intro that I wrote that would just make it so well, much better. I started using it once and then I got bored of reading. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already bored. There you go. <laughs> just the concept of reading something. It's all right. Um, <laughs> Eric, we are very excited to have you on the podcast uh, because you're a very interesting person. But more importantly, you, also, you brought us beer. You brought us beer, yeah, I, which was the, interesting. The beer came to you this time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah. Hell yeah, I do. Um, so this is a uh, a product from the Lake of Bays Brewing Company. It's actually I'm just going to read right from the can here. Yeah. So do it. It's a basically a golden lager using select noble hops. And premium Canadian malts. Ooh. So uh, whatever that means. Um, these actually, this this brewery is actually really, really close to my heart because back when I was working in my previous job as a water treater, um, they were one of my clients, and they're super, super nice people. Oh, um, yeah. Dan, uh, the, the production manager, super nice guy. I've gotten tons of free samples from these guys. So oh, I thought, awesome. you know, cool. no better time to. Uh, mentioned their name than now so yeah so that's the beer and i've actually never tasted this one so i'm really excited to see what what it tastes like all right we'll crack it open boys great audio (laughs) great foam spilling everywhere foam spilling everywhere (laughs) (laughs) it'll dry (laughs) this is really good yeah it is good that's nice. It's kind of sweet, right? Yeah, it's yeah, got some malts in there. So, yeah, it's really... It's, it's actually usually these beers. Like, I've I sampled a few of them. Usually they have a very sharp, distinct taste. Yeah, yeah. But this one's nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. It's nothing yeah. really... Like, it's got a nice ensemble of flavors, but there's nothing really jumping out at you and really biting your tongue. So, I, yeah, it's really smooth. I'm, I'm a fan of this one. I agree. This is this is a come home after work and just... That's right. Hard Archie beer. Bunker style. That's what it says. A crisp and refreshing end to a hard day's work. Oh, oh, look at that. They, well, they know their mind. I, I legitimately did not read that. <laughs> oh, that's uh, fantastic. Rob, that for you. Uh, I just want to point out, they have, I like websites that have notes about the beer as opposed to just like a two cents description about it. The website for Lake of Bay is 
has notes uh, talking about how the lager pours with a rich, dark golden color and a delicate white foam, which we just experienced. Ah, yeah. All, all over Armand's leg. Yeah. All over. <laughs> so delicate. <laughs> they, they talk about gentle notes of fresh cut grass with a touch of breadiness and the most subtle hint of caramel. Ah, yeah. I don't, I don't you could have said anything and I would have agreed with it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where, right on. Where is Baysville, Ontario? Funnily enough, it's actually in between Bracebridge and Huntsville. So, oh. so Toronto, pretty much. Well, I think that's more north. north. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that counts as Toronto. As someone from Alberta, that's pretty much Toronto. I suppose it's actually really funny because <laughs> you go you go to Toronto and everybody thinks everything north of Barrie is northern Ontario, and then it's funny because the same yeah. thing is you go up to northern Ontario and they think everything south of Barrie is Toronto, which yeah. it is kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, yeah. that's kind of a weird thing. And it's funny, uh, Eric. You are from not Ottawa. That's that, correct. That'd be fair to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Where are you from? I am from a little city known as Timmins, Ontario. It's oh. about eight hours northwest of here. Eight. Oh. Eight hours. I didn't know yes. Timmins so far. That's right. Cool. And uh, and what prompted the move to Ottawa? Um, well, actually, it, it's it's funny. It all started with university, I guess. So I was trying to pick a. A, well, my future, I guess, where I was going to go to school. Mm-hmm. The few options I went to, I really thought I was going to go to Lakehead in Thunder Bay. Yeah. That was my number one choice. Yeah. But I got swayed at the last minute due to the high value of the uh, scholarship. scholarship Yeah, um, that I got. And also, I knew a lot of people coming to Ottawa, so I knew I'd have like a small friend base to start off with. Right, yeah. And also, I don't know, I've always really enjoyed Ottawa. So I thought, you know, why not? It's a good place to go to school. It's a good school. Um, so that was the main driving force to me originally moving here. Mm-hmm. So cool. you had been to Ottawa before you accepted? I did a couple of times, yes. Uh, I have an uncle who lives in uh, Orleans, and we came up to visit him a couple of times. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you remember, but we haven't actually done this with any other guests. So, in terms of what you remember prior to moving to Ottawa, like, do you remember some of the things that you've done? or Some of the things that I've done? At least your perception of the city before oh, I moved here? What did you think about it? I, uh, to be honest with you, I, I, I held Ottawa in, like, a pretty high regard before really? moving here. Yeah, I just visited a couple of times, and I always thought it's such a great city. You know, it's got a nice blend of... The city, it's kind of like the city without that city feel, a small yeah. town feel. So mm-hmm. there's lots of like green space everywhere and everyone's super friendly. And uh, driving on the highway, like, you know, if you're driving on like the 401 in Toronto, everyone's really kind of a dick. Yep. You know, really, yep. at the end of the day, <laughs> that's what it is. And in Ottawa, when you're driving on the highway, you know, there's a lot more courtesy, a lot more respect. Yeah. People are driving a little bit slower, more patient with each other. So that all kind of, I, I judge cities by how people drive a lot. Nice. And I find and Ottawa is a very, very good city, I would okay. say. Right. Very yeah. polite, very welcoming, yeah. very multicultural. That's, I, I agree with that way of, like, that method of judging a city. Because I, I get it. It depends, you know, you're you're more likely to get frustrated with other drivers if you're just unhappy as a whole. Yeah. And if everybody's unhappy in the same area, you stop blaming the people and you start blaming the area. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, neat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, moving from Timmins, home of Shania Twain. That's right. I've, ne- I've, I've, I've never heard someone made that connection before, actually. Yeah, sorry. First time. <laughs> Not many people know that. Not many people know that, no. <laughs> um, yes, it is the home of Shania Twain and also the former Shania Twain Center, which is actually on the verge of getting demolished, if not already demolished, to turn into mining 
ground. Oh, wow. Essentially, oh, a mining company purchased the property, and the Shania Twain Center is or will be no more. It's, it'll mm-hmm. be like an entrance or something. It'll be, I don't. I think just it might rubble. just destroy the building. They just don't want I know, They just don't want anything to do with it anymore. Exactly. It just really did not generate the tourism that Timmins thought it would in classic Timmins fashion. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'm from a place called Elliott Lake. Uh, oh, tell me more. <laughs> but no, I have, so back, back home, um, I remember, and this is probably about 10, 15 years ago, my mom had heard about the Shire Twain Museum, so people and people from Elliott Lake wanted to go. People took trips to go to Timmins uh, because they wanted to go to the Shire Twain Museum. So it had to be a big enough hit, so because it reached all the way, you know, sort of more west. But anyway, well, Shania's pants. They had they had Shania's pants. Her pants so alone. That the pants alone. It, were, was, weren't there a pair of Shania Twain's pants in the Hard Rock Cafe downtown too? Did she just leave pants everywhere? I, maybe she did. Might be her thing. So it, that's a whole other issue. It is. Anyway, okay, that's cool. So you uh, you came to Ottawa to study what? I originally came here to study naively uh, biochemistry because I didn't really, you know, oh. I kind of this is kind of my gripe with the secondary. <laughs> no, sorry, with post secondary, post second, nah, not even post secondary. It's like oh. high school. I think we secondary. we really should have a grade thirteen. I think, like, I would have really benefited from a grade 13. Why? I would have had some extra time to think about what I want to do. I could have maybe done a little bit more research into what I really want. I could have had just one extra year to really think about what I want to do. Because I found, like, at grade 12, I really wasn't ready. I made the wrong choice, first of all, and I wasn't really informed enough. So I, I could have really benefited from a grade 13. So I'm kind of... F you, government, for taking that away. <laughs> okay. So, Amon, did you benefit from your extra year? I did. Uh, well, for, for a number what? of reasons. How old are you? That's not your business. <laughs> you, had, you had grade 13? I, yeah. Well, so I, I, did, I didn't have a formal OAC, but I was still part of the, the, the cohort where a lot of people tended to stay back. Uh, so, I, you know, a lot of people in my high school that I graduated with in grade 12 came back for the grade 13. And a lot of them especially went to science and math fields because the way it was set up, they were still – I think they were still trying to figure out – and maybe it's just because I'm, I was from a smaller town and a smaller school and not all subjects were available every semester. But I knew that I wanted to take all the, you know, the physics, bio, um, chemistry. chemistry, as well as, you know, the calculus – and, and algebra, as they were called at the time. I think it's advanced functions or something now. Algebras. So, algebras, even. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to take all of those. And, and uh, I, I, I don't remember what had happened, but uh, in order to do that, I needed to do the 13 anyway. And the rest of my family had done it. Like, my, my older sister, well, my, all my other siblings had the OAC. And uh, yeah, so so I, I seriously thought about coming to to Ottawa, and, and like I, I'm an early birthday too, so I wouldn't have seen that much of a difference right. versus some of people we know who were born later in the year. They came at 17. That's yeah. kind of young. So that was one thing. But the other thing was I uh, I got to make a lot of money. You know, I I, I worked for the whole year too, and then you know, I went to school, did all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it uh, it just made it a lot easier for me. Right. So so I, I I thought it really helped me, and at the very least. But yeah. I did. I tried to do a victory lap like an extra year because there wasn't an OAC, but you could do another year of high school, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, and I lasted like one period <laughs> of my first day. And I got there. <laughs> <laughs> one period of your first day. Yeah. I got there and none of my friends were there. 
and I was bored. <laughs> and then, yeah, and I just, I'm pretty sure I just biked away and then never, never went back, back to school. It's fantastic. Oh, yes. Yeah, weird. It's so, great. And by then, it's too late to get into the university. It, it yeah, so started. I just worked for the rest of the year. Did you consider starting in like January or something, or you're just like not? Nah, no, I was I was living on my own and I didn't have oh, my money, so sad. I like, had to work just to live on my own. Okay, so at least it, it had a purpose. But yeah, the whole going back to school did not work for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fortunate. A lot of my friends, actually, the majority of like my close friends, stayed back. So it was fine. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Eric. In, in terms of yeah, that yeah. extra year would definitely be beneficial. Yeah, cause I'm just saying that because yeah, I started off in biochem and I I slowly realized you know I didn't I didn't want a career in doing research and getting paid nothing yep. you know being some some person's lab jockey mm-hmm. um so I decided to switch over to chemical engineering uh, as of second year university first year engineering for me ah. um and then I did another four years after that and finally graduated with my degree in chemical engineering chemical engineering That's right. okay can you speak a bit about what that is <laughs> chemical engineering <laughs> sure so it's basically well, engineering in general is is usually the design of processes for whatever okay. ends that that would involve but chemical is more specifically tar- targeted towards anything involving chemistry or combustion or anything like that so let's say the most generic example for uh, would be like designing equipment to create pharmaceuticals so a chemical engineer would size the piping he would size the tank he'd size the stir it's not a stick but the stir rod yeah, and the yeah. motor and all that kind of stuff to make sure you get enough reaction time at the right heat and uh, so designing all these things making sure everything goes together the, the, the best analogy I can give to engineering is basically like there's a puzzle and you have to basically not only put the pieces together, but you have to find the pieces. And there's often pieces that are better than others. So right. that's kind of like the creative aspect oh, of engineering. Yeah. Right. So when you're piecing together a system, you got to make sure everything's work, everything's compatible with each other. Right. Um, you know, yeah, you got the right voltage coming in. You know, that's more on the electric, electrical side. But engineers generally need to know a little bit about everything yeah, that yeah. they're involved in the project. So you just touched on electrical as another type of engineering. Mm-hmm. So in changing from biochem, and you knew you wanted a different program, mm-hmm. and by then you probably knew you wanted to go into engineering. What made you choose chemical over civil, over electrical, over mechanical? The first thing that drew me to chemical was that I could transfer the most credits over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? That, that's legit. That's legit. But honestly, after I took my first course, like that chemical engineering course, I was like, man, I didn't even know this existed. I'm like, but this is this is what I want to do. Like, this is yeah. I'm in this for the long haul. Oh, that's so. awesome. Cool. So I've I've never really looked back, and I'm st- I'm currently working in my field, and I'm really really enjoying what I do. So that's great. Very fortunate in that sense. Right. Okay. So what kind of stuff do you do with chemical engineering? Well, like I, I touched on earlier, like there's it's a lot of it is designing equipment mm-hmm. for to create whatever X. Um, I'm working for a company called Nutera out of Brockville, so I commute to Brockville every day. Um, and basically what I do is I take in requests for quotes for remediation systems. So basically I take what the customer gives, uh, gives us and I, I sort through it, make sure everything's technically accurate. I start picking parts 
and uh, basically come up with a cost for the system and breaking down what's going to be in it. So okay. it's basically doing like preliminary engineering work okay. and then submitting a proposal to the customer and hopefully they purchase our system. Mm-hmm. And, oh, sorry, this is water systems? Um, it's remediation. So okay. basically whenever there's any type of contaminated groundwater, so as many sources of cam- contamination, like for example, a gas station has their tank underneath the, the ground, yeah, yeah. they can spring leaks and then that contaminates all the water because... I, I, some people aren't aware that there's water underneath us right now. There's yeah. groundwater everywhere. Sure. Um, so, and then that can spread. Once you contaminate one section, they can slowly migrate and become a really, really big problem. Uh. So uh, we do we do some work with mines. We do some work with refineries. We do some work. A lot of it, most of it is gas stations from the United States. Is That's oh. the bulk of our clients. Huh. Oh, so not just Canada. It's mainly, most of the clients I deal with are in America. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they have a lot of government programs that help pay for these these kind of remediation projects. Right. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, just rewinding back uh, just a little bit. So you left University of Ottawa as a graduate, as a chemical engineer. Oh, uh, chemical engineering graduate. Oh. I can't call <laughs> what's, myself what's an engineer until I've done four years of practical experience okay. and have passed the ethics exam ah oh really that makes sense what was uh, do you you wait until the fourth year or or essentially yeah usually you want to some it depends you can do about a couple different ways one way is you can register with the peo so the professional engineers of ontario and become a eit so engineer in training yep um and then you basically help with them and you submit your experience and they give you guidance they don't really give you any guidance. <laughs> they don't really do anything. Just, just throwing that out there. Sure. Sorry, PEO. Um, and yeah, so basically, yeah. And then after four years, you submit a request, you know, to become a professional engineer. They review your experience. If your experience is good yeah. and you've passed the exam and everything else, all your your all everything else is complete. You basically you become a professional engineer and you get your own seal that you use to to seal documents. Oh yeah, oh, and that's sweet. yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 at the stage where you can call yourself an engineer. Okay, cool. so my apologies, you're you're a graduate. That's, that's okay. I I, I appreciate it All sometimes. Right. No, no, it's good. <laughs> I could. I, it's actually technically illegal for me to call myself an oh. engineer. Oh, yeah. engineering so, graduate. Is that what your business card says? My business. I don't, they haven't given me any cards yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Okay. And if you were to have one, if I were to have one, it would probably be applications engineering. So uh, engineering. Okay, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. So, and, and that seals something you're working towards? Like yeah, academic? yeah, definitely. Uh, I've already got about two years of experience um, and just another two years, and yeah. hopefully I'll have my sweet, sweet seal. Yeah, that's cool. That's I, sweet, I want sweet, a seal now. I didn't even know that existed, but now I want, like, a teacher one. Just, just, <laughs> just get a seal. Yeah, get a teacher one is it's much easier. You just go buy a stamp, and then that's it. there you go. <laughs> teacher. Actually, to be a certified it's – so, it's so weird because, like, to be a certified teacher – just compared to that, all you need to do is pass teachers' college and yeah. then pay oh, the yeah, college pay of money. teachers, and then you're a certified teacher. <laughs> there's you, there's no like, exam or anything? Uh, no. Oh. It's, even if you never like taught yeah, anything, it's teachers' college yeah. is the exam. So that's very, <laughs> yes. very different. Than, is that and is that typical of most engineering 
fields, like because you're a chemical engineer. That you would get your field in the yeah. end? Yeah, yeah. It's basically, I, I would imagine it's the same for everyone. I'm not sure about software engineers. Software is always weird. I'm not sure what they do, but every other form of engineering, they, mm-hmm. they work towards getting the seal and right. they seal all their, their designs. And Okay. So is that like the certification process, once you become an actual engineer with mm-hmm. a capital E, Yeah. does that open up a new sort of level of jobs? Is that- yeah. Usually after you have your seal, it's a lot more responsibility because up to working to the towards the seal, you theoretically should be working under the supervision of, of a professional engineer. Sure. So once you get your seal, it's kind of like next level engineering. You're like you're responsible for the documents that you prepare. You're as soon as you put your seal on any document, you're wholly responsible for that piece of equipment that you've designed. So there's a lot of responsibility associated with that. So that's why there's a bit of a tenure that you need to accumulate mm-hmm. before you get such a thing. That makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So usually you get a pay grade up upgrade and usually a couple of other perks as well that come with being a professional engineer. All right. But for right now, you're just biding your time. Exactly. Right now, you're waiting for that seal. That's your biggest perk. You want that seal. That's right. Although it's like a phased perk system because you have a ring, do you not? That's correct, yeah. Are you wearing a ring? I am wearing the ring. Oh, there it is. And the funny part about the ring, actually, is they give it to you before you've graduated. What? They, they, you can they just run away with it. <laughs> you <can> literally <laughs> run away with it. Um, and yeah, you get the seal, and it's a ceremony. It's a super secret ceremony that I can't tell you anything about. Wait, um, seal or ring? The ring. The ring ceremony. The ceremony you can possibly imagine. Can you at least, so you would think. Can you at least tell us, are you wearing robes? I'm sorry, I can't tell you. Damn it. Right. That's a um, yes. Completely <laughs> nude or robes. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, so you get... That's exactly right it is. Um, and then you you, yes, you get the ring before you graduate. And the, the jokes were, when we were getting the rings, like, what would happen if we'd fail? And then we made a joke that, like, our most badass professor, like Professor Taylor, if you're out there, Professor Taylor... You're badass. Um, he would come on his motorcycle and just like knock on your door and just like rip the ring off your finger. But we don't really know what would happen if you yeah. wouldn't graduate after that. But it's done in year four and it's the second semester. So basically, if you get the ring, like you should, it's a layup for you yeah. to get your degree at right. that point. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Now, in practice or like in, in real life, in the outside world, as it were, uh, do you have people who recognize the ring? Oh, all the time. Yeah, I get comments, especially when I'm like paying for something, and sure. then I get a comment from the cashier, like, "Oh, you're... and it's nice when you see other people that have it as well." So it's kind of like instant icebreaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so yeah, I, I, I do get recognized. Some people still don't know what it is, which is surprising to me. Really, but. Oh. Uh, yeah, most people recognize it and know what it is. And oh, that's cool. Does it clink when you shake hands with other engineers? It does, and it even clinks with in my it own hands. Listen to this together. clink right here. Yeah. Makes like a oh, yeah. resonance. I got, I got, a, I got two rings beside each other. I got my grandfather's ring, and yeah. they kind of clink a lot. Yeah, I'm doing that's things. Cool. That's fun. Yeah, that it is. is it is a lot of fun. <laughs> Have you had any uh, good fortune by having somebody recognize that you're wearing an engineering ring? Uh-huh. Not. I don't think directly, but probably indirectly. Okay. I would imagine I've been shown some form of favoritism at some point for something or another. Okay, it makes sense. Why not believe that? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Well, I, no. I mean, this, uh, yeah. No, this, I agree. This is a real thing. Like, yeah. I, my, yeah. uh, I, I know a guy. He, uh, he was doing this big presentation in front of these executives, and you know, he was having a hard time. You know, and whatever, whatever happened, it just he did not feel it was going well, and it took you know a lunch break or whatever, and then he came back, and then uh, I guess before he got started again. 
the guy had noticed that he's wearing, uh, I think it was like a U of T engineering ring. I'm not sure if they look any different. And after that, the rest of the presentation went so smoothly that, you know, it was just that one thing that just changed everything. So, so there's, a, there's another, there's like an air of respect that goes yeah. around huh. uh, wearing that ring. Yeah. Oh, it's very mystical. Cool. Yeah. And there's some, I don't know, I, I, I argue to this day, the second I put this ring on, kind of, I don't know if it if it just, in the back of my mind, but something changed. But the day after I woke up with, because there's a big ceremony, you go out the night of and you just get so hammered. And, and <laughs> I woke up, I remember waking up the next day with the ring on, I was like, wow, that happened. And I was yeah. I was like, wow, this is a game changer. I'm right, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 on the road to growing up now, yeah, kind of which still hasn't really happened. But well, I imagine it kind of has. Imagine in, yeah, kind of. You commute kinda. to work. I commute yeah. to work. I I guess so. I, I'm still it's, a kid at heart, though. It's nice that it's it's something about having a, an accomplishment that is tangible. You know, like yes. it's, yeah. it's creating like something you can hold. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, it's yeah. definitely I. I honestly, I it's I love my ring. I wouldn't mm-hmm. trade okay. it for anything. Uh, we should take a break to pay the bills, so to say. We have to get our whore, whore yourselves out. Yeah, we, yeah. Get our, our, we call it a sponsor. <laughs> Filthy. That's a less diplomatic way of putting it, Eric. But <laughs> I know the sponsors would like it. But yeah, uh, Robert, tell us about today's sponsor. Absolutely. For this episode. So. Uh, we have a fun little product this week that we'd like to talk about. So uh, it's 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 a week after Oktoberfest. Maybe you wake up the day after Oktoberfest and you're feeling a little under the weather. Maybe you can't find your keys. Maybe you left an embarrassing voicemail on a coworker's phone. Maybe you just can't get rid of that headache you have. You need Mind Little Helper. Mind Little Helper provides you with your own assistant to help you straighten out your life after you have a bit too much fun. So our highly trained staff are experts in areas such as vomit removal, very, very important after Oktoberfest, lost lederhosen, obviously you're going to take those off at some point, uh, as well, making formal apologies to friends and family. That's a big one. Yep. Lots of people say things they regret to people they care about and need to make amends. But can't do it on their own. <laughs> <laughs> they just need a little help. And that's where my little helper comes in. Okay. My yeah. little helper. So, that's neat. in case you need it for next Oktoberfest. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Oktoberfest goes all through October. You, I guess. I mean, the Bose Oktoberfest was this past weekend, but okay. there are, there's Oktoberfests all over the place. Okay, well, I, I wasn't sure if there were different weekends or weeks or what. And you could do different levels of damage. Like You maybe, could. Maybe that's people true. have, like, months of damage control. Yeah. Do. It's true. All right, still not too late. Uh, did any of you guys do anything for Oktoberfest? Or... The one the post thing that happened. I paid attention. There was some pretty uh, Tokyo Police Club was there. Joe Plaskett, I believe, was there as well. I didn't go, but uh, it looked pretty cool. I love Tokyo Police Club. Yeah, yeah. I seen them at Blues Fest, and that's when I. That's the incident where I got drenched and my phone got completely destroyed. Uh, that's <laughs> never a good thing. Yeah. yeah, I think I saw them. I wasn't at Blues Fest, but it was during Blues Fest. I went and saw them on. Uh, I think I was with you. Maybe down in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was you and that I. Was really cool and nasty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. No, yeah, I didn't do anything for for actual Oktoberfest. So. I read a lot of stuff about the Barhaven one, the new Barhaven Oktoberfest oh, yeah. they did. And they got really bad reviews. Oh, no. Yeah, people didn't like it. Oh. Probably because it was in Barhaven. I guess. It was far, <laughs> and, and it, there were, it wasn't a lot of beer for what people paid for. Ah, that's too bad. Yeah. Speaking of Barhaven, Eric. Yes. Where do you live? 
The Pian. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Great that's, segue. I thought for sure you lived in uh, neighbors. Really? Yeah. yeah. I got that. I mean, it's kind of like on the border it's of near Bar Haven. You know what? Because it's this Bar has happened in a few podcasts now. We can't tell the difference between what's the P and no, what's Barking and, and to some extent what's Kanata. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really been amalgamated it's, at this point. It's hard yes. to draw the boundaries. Okay. Like where does one end yeah. and one begin? Who knows? Blurred lines. Yeah. Blurred lines. I'm sure somebody out there knows. If you want to correct us, all right. Go at, for it. Jim at Watson. Watson. We'd love at to hear Jim from Watson. you, Jim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Old Jimmy boy. Uh, all right. Well, uh, live in the P in them. Mm-hmm. Actually, you've lived. Uh, I've lived in, almost everywhere. All kinds of places. Yeah. Do you want to speak to the different places in Ottawa you've lived and sort of what you liked and didn't like about different places in Ottawa? Sure, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so, like I mentioned, when I first came here, um, Aman, I'm not sure if you mentioned this on the podcast before, but Aman and I are part of a, a special kin where we were actually kind of got screwed out of residence. Well, not really. Yeah, we uh, did. Yeah, Rob was there. Oh, Rob was there as well. Sorry. We got screwed out of on-campus residence. We, we kind of got screwed out of on-campus residence, so we got we got well, segregated to the They, they said St. they ran Paul's. out of room. Yeah. <laughs> Once they found out Bashir, like, no way. No Get way. him out of there. This guy <laughs> now we need a whole contingent to go over there. <laughs> How uh, many A's are in his name? <laughs> nope. Too many. Way too many vowels. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, we, we were all there first year. At St. Paul's. And that was, yeah, St. Paul's. St. Paul's was kind of overpriced. and Yeah. Uh, but I guess it was cheaper than U of O. And it was a good place to get to know people. And it was a little bit out of the way. But it was a nice little section of town, you know. Yeah, I called it Old Ottawa yeah. East. Which, other than living there, I'd have no idea. No, I would have no idea. Also, we lived on a place called Main Street. Yes. Yeah. In Ottawa. Main Street in Ottawa. Old Ottawa East. Okay. That nobody's heard of. Yeah, could yeah. not be less central. No. <laughs> Next Street. to the university that nobody's heard of. Of called St. Paul University, which nobody really forgot seems university. to know. <laughs> so that, that's where I spent the, the first year. And I said it was nice and quaint. It was a little bit quiet. It was hard to, I would walk and I enjoyed the walk. And, you know, I could have taken the shuttle, but I, I just enjoyed walking. Right. Um, and then as of second year, I decided to move off campus. I found a roommate through uh, some site. I think it was Kijiji, but it might have been something else. Craigslist or something. might have been Craigslist yeah. before it got super sketchy. Super sketchy. <laughs> With the killers. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Is, and, still, is and, Craigslist still? It's, yeah, it's still a thing. It's still pretty big, too. So I, I met the, my roommate, and I moved in there. It was kind of like a, uh, it was a two-bedroom apartment off of St. Patrick, uh, which Saint is Patrick. off of oh, yeah. um, Colonel Bight. Is that Colonel Bai? I don't know if it's Colonel Bai. King, King, King Edward. King Edward. Yeah. Sorry, King. I always get those two confused yeah. every time. There you go. Um, so it was off of King Edward, and I lived there for like a year or so, and it, it was it was good. It was it, like I said, it was a bit of a walk again, but I didn't mind the walk. It was nice and quiet. Um, and yeah, so that was that. And then I moved back to residence, and then the year after that, I moved out to which was definitely the craziest party house I've ever been in, which was 205 Charlotte Street, which is very infamous. It's an infamous party house <laughs> or apartment building in Ottawa. I'm sure a lot of people have heard it. Um, and I had some crazy, crazy parties in that place. Like, remember one year, you know, the, the window in the lobby got broken. Oh, and man. a couple of times, one time somebody puked in 
my closet. There was puke everywhere. <laughs> people stripping in the in the living room, and you know, it was a lot of fun. It was a it was a messy part of my life, but it yeah. was it was a lot of fun. What happens? And that and that was a four person apartment, and I went through a bunch of I went through so many roommates in that apartment. Like it was insane. Yeah. Just cycling through people leaving to go to school elsewhere and for whatever else reasons. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Living with four people with one bathroom took a little getting used to, but yeah. it's it's amazing how fast you would get in sync with each other and like essentially you develop patterns and people would shower at certain times every day yeah. and everybody was kind of doing something different. One person was working, like three of us were in school, but were different programs, different classes at different times. So it all kind of worked out for the best. Huh. And then I moved to Lee's Avenue, which was a high rise and that was a three person kind of apartment dealio. Um, that worked out really well. A lot of, I had some really cool guys that I lived with there. Um, and that was a lot of fun as well. And then I, I moved away from Ottawa and I came back. Now I'm living in Nepean, as I mentioned earlier. Not so I kind of, Nepean. yeah, I've kind of had almost everything. Cause even when I was living with Allison, I had the one bedroom apartment. So I went right. from one, two, three, four bedroom apartments, high rises, low rises, no rises, all of it. <laughs> so do you have a preferred sec- section in Ottawa? That, it depends. Like preferred in terms of convenience right now, um, I preferred like assuming what. So assuming that I have my job right now, mm-hmm. I definitely like living in the peen. It's good. I have access to the four sixteen, right. which is key. It's clutch. Yeah. Um, if I if I was still in school, I think I really Lee's was really good. It was, you know, it was a big building, a lot of people, a lot of things going on. Really close to school. I would even though we had the bus pass, I would often walk if I had classes at site or whatnot. So sure. that was really really convenient, really good for going to school. So oh, yeah. I mean, it really depend on what were the stipulations to what I had to. Makes sense. You know what I find interesting? You skipped over one year just with three words, and I imagine it's probably because it was the worst year of your life. Okay, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you talk a bit about third year? Yeah, for some of you, I guess I guess you would have no reason to know this unless you're one of our close friends. But I actually lived with Amon you did. for a year. <laughs> you, you literally just said, yeah. But but I, I already explained <laughs> the residence thing, which is why I didn't want to go back and do that again. But no, I, I enjoyed living with Amon. Right. It was good. Good. He's a good guy. Yeah. I really like Amon. I'm holding a gun to his head. For <laughs> it's, it's a cult. It's quite terrifying. Yeah. How many of our guests have you lived with? Uh, a couple now, right? <laughs> At least three. That's it. That's all right. Anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, all kinds of uh, all kinds of places. I I actually I really like Main Street slash Old Ottawa East. It's, it's, I do too. It's a random like it feels like a suburb, but it's it's really in the heart of, of yeah. Ottawa. It's fantastic. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you've had the whole wealth of experience living in a different bunch of different places. Like I've literally lived where as Glebe and, and and here in mm-hmm. Centertown, but. I had a lot of roommates. I can I can oh, yeah. profile somebody into what kind of roommate they're going to be <laughs> pretty easily. And I got pretty good at the only the only bad vibe I got from a roommate. It turns out that they were a terrible roommate. So I'm really huh. good at screening roommates. If it, if that's a service I can charge for, well, you know, put, put an ad on Craigslist and <laughs> put an ad on what? Yeah, I'll bring my own hatchet. You sponsor us. Okay. Oh, that's that's. Well, you're gonna spring this on me during the podcast. <laughs> what do you say? Come on, man. <laughs> no uh, pressure, Eric. One thing I really want to talk to you about. Um, no, I'll go back. <laughs> the there's a film that has been very influential mm-hmm. in a lot of our group of friends' lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I came into this group, I didn't we, I didn't really know you that well. And then you moved for a bit. Um, 
but I found out recently, somewhat recently, that you were the reason that we all saw this film. You introduced our group of friends to the film The Room. The Room. Would you like to talk yeah. about? Sure, about yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, The Room is actually a sensational film. It's one of the most brilliant films <laughs> I think I've ever seen. Uh, the creative genius of Tommy Wiseau in this film is just, you know, beyond anything I could ever imagine. So I, I, I just naturally, I heard the, from The Room um, from one of my coworkers when I was doing an, like a summer stint at the Royal Canadian Mint. Yep. Um, one of my coworkers was... Was he was always on top of internet memes and you know he was on he was yeah. on the latest and greatest stuff right oh, yeah. and he's kind of the guy Ryan who introduced me to the room um, and then I went to see it and I, I was hooked I was oh, hooked yeah. right off the bat and um, yeah so I, I brought him on to go see it yeah. and I guess oh, I, I spread the wealth on just <laughs> as he does just spread it the wealth. <laughs> Everywhere. So. Give me something, I'll spread it. Bought the That's t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing the t-shirt, t-shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, so in case our listeners are sarcasm deaf, uh, the the room is is held to be one of the worst movies yeah. ever made. But it's one of those things that it's so bad that it's good. So, and I think it's what you're talking about is that it's. It's brilliant in that, like, it's amazing how bad it is. Yeah. And, well, and the other thing with the, the room is that if you've ever seen, and, uh, you know, Mayfair Theater is is, what, is one of the few places in North America that shows it on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it also shows Rocket Horror Picture Show. And I think a lot of people are familiar with Rocket Horror Picture Show yeah. in that there's a, there's a cult following. And when you do see it in the theater, you know, there are certain sort of things that you do like it's like an interactive type event yeah. and and sometimes people perform right in front of you and it's sort of one of those things now with the room they've taken that same concept and like uh, uh, for for random reasons like I don't know I, I, again I have to stress it, it seems like a very poorly made movie now Tommy Wiseau claims that it's dark comedy I don't think that's, a, that's yeah. a, <laughs> I gotta call him out on that it I turned out that way maybe but, and, and maybe yeah. it did and, and that's a thing but one of the things that happens is that there's a there's a picture frame with a stock photo which was a spoon that they left on the set <laughs> and uh, and it's in basically the main room that is the room and uh, every time you see it on screen you throw plastic spoons at the screen and when Eric explained this to me on the first time that I saw, I had no idea what to expect. And I don't remember if if it was us or if it was somebody else, but but did you bring metal spoons? <laughs> I think you did. I clearly didn't understand what was going you did. on. It was, it was you. Metal. And then I put him away in shame immediately. <laughs> when you realize that everybody had plastic spoons. And they're throwing them up in the air and they're falling on oh people. The spoons you just waste. <laughs> it was a one time, you know. I had, I had not seen the movie live at that point. I had seen it once, um, just I downloaded it yeah. and watched it. Um, but the guy they explained to me what was happening, but I clearly didn't interpret it or think about it very hard, right? right. Yeah, so anyway, that was that was one thing, but uh, anyway, no, it, it, thanks it's, a lot, man. Uh, it's, uh, for the world to know, no, it, it, is a, it is a heck of a film, and uh, yeah, it's a so great cool. experience, you know. At the Mayfair, honestly, if anyone hasn't had a chance to check it out, it's freaking hilarious, so yeah, and yeah, you make sure I, you go out and check that out. And a surprising number of people that I talk to have no idea. 
Yeah. And it's it's weird to me because I like my wife and I go see it. We used to go see it like every month. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen it a lot of times. It's it's a really fun time. Yeah. Uh, you should check it out. I'm sure we'll put a link up. And, yeah, yeah, we we will actually. It's it's good. We'll get some free popcorn next time we go to the Mayfair. It's not bad. It'll be cool. <laughs> and, and even like you know, the room aside, the Mayfair is a theater. I love that place. Yeah, it's great. And, it's and let me just say, of all the theaters I've gone to in Ottawa, I think Mayfair has the best popcorn. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah, I yeah. Can't it sounds like it has the cheapest popcorn for sure. It's also cheap. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's pretty pricey. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, also, what's that? The Bytown? Is that still open? I've never it been to open. the Bytown. It is. It is open. It's on Rito there, but I've never been. I, I imagine yeah. they probably have good popcorn. I've only I've only went a handful of times. I remember a couple of times I went to see the the Che Guevara documentaries, and right. it seemed like a pretty cool. I like those older theaters. I yeah. just like the the aesthetics of it when you when you go in. Yeah. And, see how things were back then yeah but yeah it's nice it's it's smaller it's usually smaller theaters and a little bit more yeah well it's more it's obviously not mainstream films that are being played so it's nice to see some of the more indie films oh yeah and that's the thing too absolutely that's Uh, something that I've I've been talking about recently is and not I know obviously it sounds terrible and snobbish but my wife always says like we're done with movie like blockbuster movies you know because you go see some of these independent films and they're so rich and they're so so engaging that you go back and you watch a a movie and it's yeah it's it's they come off as campy or they're i think a lot of movies are oversimplified or they're well it's for the audience right like a lot of people they they don't want to think too hard when they're watching a movie they want simple they want explosions they want feel-good comedies i like explosions and like there's there's a place you know but i mean what i mean the michael bay thing grows old you know and like (laughs) i think it's like mcdonald's versus fine dining you know like it's that kind of like mcdonald's is good and it has its yeah it's it's Role, but you want to go to those characters. Sometimes, yeah, you want you want like really cool experiences. Yeah, I get that. Uh, speaking of movies in Ottawa and, and cinemas in Ottawa, I didn't know this, and I, I'm not sure if I've ever brought this up on a podcast yet. But when you go down Elgin and you see the the big sign called the Elgin, I never knew. Like, this, you know what I'm talking about? The big yellow sign. It's near the Wendy's. Uh, it's it's in that general. Mm, area. I know the Wendy's. I, I know the Wendy's. Actually, I know the sign you're talking about. Anyway, yeah, so there's a big thing. Yeah, I hope that would help. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a big yellow sign that just says the Elgin. And for the longest time, I was just like, oh, it's just like a random thing, whatever. But, like, there's no store called the Elgin. It's, you know, there's nothing there. And apparently, I looked it up finally, and it was a – it was the first multiplex in Canada or something like that. Huh. So it was a theater for the longest time, and it, it – I think Johnny Farina's might be in that general area now. And, like, oh. basically what happened is that they split it, this multiplex into different stores. Yeah, Rob just pulled – I do, I do oh, know it's what you're talking story. about. Uh, the, the Wendy's is just oh, down there. I never noticed that before. So, yeah, that, that's, uh, that was apparently the, full, the first multiplex oh, in, yeah. in Canada. And funny enough is uh, – or, or ironically enough um, – it went out of business because of larger multiplexes like Cineplex and, and things of the sort of famous players that came into play. And yeah, they, they famous just, players that came into play. That came uh, into play. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, there's uh, there's a fun fact for you. Yeah. Well, that's that's news to me. Uh, I know what you're doing right now. <laughs> By the way, how about we is check, this a segue? How about we check in with Amon uh, with the news? It is a segue. Oh my god, I feel. <laughs> Betrayed. Let's insert whatever word you wish. All right, that's that's up to you, viewers or listeners. Uh, So yeah, we have a segment called Classic Ottawa, which is our news segment. 
uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. So, <laughs> so uh, in the news, this week we learn that Quebecer has agreed to sell all of its 175 English language newspapers that it owns under the Sun ba- Sun Media banner. So we're talking about things like the Ottawa Sun, Toronto Sun, Winnipeg Sun, Calgary Sun, uh, Edmonton Sun, and and a bunch of other papers that that aren't called Suns, but they 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 fall within that brand. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's this is a big deal. They're selling it to I think Post Media. Yeah. And uh, while Quebec re- uh, the, while Quebecer representatives have not indicated whether this move is related to the recent auto what jokes that we made at the Sun's expense last week, they haven't denied it either. Often, yeah. So yeah, I'm just saying that that we might have had some kind of influence. It's pretty fishy. That's it's, it's fishy. more than a coincidence. Literally last week we were talking, or yeah, was it last it week? Was one, yeah. We've made several jokes at the Sun's expense. Uh, it's true. I, I, I feel like we're, we're slightly responsible there, and Quebec was just like, we don't want anything to do with That's this. That's bad. Do you feel bad, though? I don't feel bad. No. We're yeah, talking about I do the sun. Feel, I do feel bad. I, I just read the Ottawa Sun. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do, you, do you read any of the suns? I don't. I used to read the sun. I don't know. The sun's kind sun of like news? a generic newspaper. Yeah. I don't know what... what I think they're probably right-leaning... I know the Post. They were bought by the Post. Uh, by by Post Media. Post Media. Yeah. Post Media. Is that the National Post? Uh, I they I they own a, so. they own a ton of newspapers. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think I think it's the one. same company. Though. Oh yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just remember like being on on the National Post website, just reading the comments, and it's like because they're a very conservative, I think, yeah. newspaper. So I just remember reading the comments. It was like, ugh, like yeah, such I, the most close-minded people <laughs> in the world. You don't read the comments. Let me tell you. No. Yeah, you shouldn't. We have you to. You shouldn't read any comments on the internet. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good rule of thumb. I, I learned that on TSN. I, I'm, I'm a big <laughs> sports fan, but I read the comments and it just ruins things. Ruins <laughs> everything. In uh, other news, oh, this is kind of a big deal. So there's an app called Uber, and I'm not terribly familiar with it, but I, I, I mean, I've heard a lot of good things about it. But it, uh, it's basically a, a ride-sharing app that lo- allows sort of like your average show to work as almost like a cab driver. So basically, they can. Say that you know they're 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 on duty of sorts, yep. and people can go and say you know request a ride or something along the lines, and you get picked up and you get paid through the app. So it, okay. it's it's a full system uh, that uh, operates in 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 a bunch of cities now, a bunch of countries now, a bunch of countries yeah. as well. Yeah, and they recently, as in I think last week, they came yeah. to Ottawa. So. Um, the, the big thing, though, is that there's there's been a, a big conflict on whether they should be here or not. Uh, so the city, as in the city of Ottawa staff, they haven't really welcomed this app or the participants of this program to the to to the city. So in a sting operation last weekend, city of Ottawa staff posed as customers to track down drivers and find them six hundred and fifty dollars a piece. Uh, while some are questioning whether taxis should have a monopoly in the city, that's the big debate that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Others are simply curious about how the city managed to get government employees to work on a weekend. <laughs> that's a <Yep>. great question. <laughs> um, this operation must have been like the most exciting 
thing of a, yeah. bylaw, a bylaw officers every time. <laughs> but here's the thing. Went undercover. In the end, they only got two people. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, it's, it's one of those things. It's 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 a weird. Well, it's interesting because they they're having this sort of battle. Uber is in pretty much every city they go to because there's licensed taxi services, and then this is an, right. un, these are unlicensed drivers. Yeah. But they're vetted by Uber, and it's interesting because they started out the program. In, even in Ottawa, they started out in many cities giving free rides, which yeah. is legal. Yeah. It's just when you start charging for the rides that it starts to break laws or, right. or supposedly break laws. And so that once these two fines were imposed, they, they've they continued – like they're still going about their business normally, but the rides they're offering are, are mostly free. Well, because – and and they were – like they started off with the free period, as yeah. you said. And this was during their free period. Yeah. But the exception that they hadn't really told anybody about was as soon as a ride is is costing more than $20, yeah. that's where they charge right. And I guess these two drivers had done okay. fares that are above $20, and that's right. why they were charged. But ultimately, they're still doing free rides, which is kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so but who's, yeah. who's paying then? So Uber is paying the drivers? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, a very lucrative so. business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, I mean, so they're just trying to get, I guess, exposure to their brand at this exactly. point. Yeah. Okay. It sounds that way uh, as a starting point, and then and then moving from there. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what else is in the news? Oh, uh, there was an accident on Tuesday morning that involved a fuel truck, uh, and it caused lar- large volumes of gasoline to spill onto Highway 417 near oh near the uh, the Eagleston Road exit. Crews worked as quickly as possible to clean up the mess despite the heavy rainfall. OPP is investigating the cause of the accident, but early reports are suggesting that it was all caused by a crazed Adele fan. Okay. Uh, is it, do you get is it? the driver yeah, set fire to the rain? You me? got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <He's unimpressed. laughs> is the driver an Adele fan in this scenario? Uh, who knows? Maybe somebody else. Maybe there's somebody just biking along okay. 417. Just body check the gas driver. Who knows? Stuck a screwdriver in the There's a swerve. Yeah. Um, oh, just down the street from here is Somerset House. So, uh, Somerset House, the dilapidated building on the corner of Somerset and Bank Street in Centertown, might be finally getting the attention it deserves. We have had seven years of uh, promises from the owner to re-renovate the building after its partial collapse. I don't know when that was, but recently. Seven years ago. Seven years ago. There you go. It was a fire or something, eh? And uh, two years ago, the city gave the owner half a million, over half a million dollars to get started on the repairs. Jim Watson says he's getting serious and he's looking into ways to prevent what he's calling demolition by neglect which some locals might argue has already started if you've looked at that building it looks like crap yeah like garbage Absolute garbage. They put up that fence around it, and then they painted the fence real nice. Yeah, they did. It, which does look nice. But, but it is the nicest part of the building. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I meant to look it up. Does anybody know what the Somerset House was before? No. Ah, all right, let's move on. Um, a dilapidated building, I think. <laughs> it was always a dilapidated I think it was probably a bank. Trade. There yeah. were just banks on every corner in that. It is Bank Street. Yeah. Anyway, why don't you look it up while I read the I'll rest? I'll look it up. Um, the city has put out a report called Bridging the Gap, and it's about income distribution, about how people spend their money and time in Ottawa. Some of the most interesting findings in a report include only one in five children in grades 7 to 12 meet physical activity guidelines. 
Uh, that's obscure. Uh, over half of the auto wins volunteer. Oh, auto wins. Is that what it's called? Auto wins? Auto wines? Auto wines? Auto wines. Auto wines. All right. Over half the Ottawans volunteer their time, or at least they say they do, and the average commute for a citizen of Ottawa is about 27 minutes. I'm very interested to know what they call consider Ottawa in its commute calculation because at least 40% of the uh, government employees live outside city limits. Is that yes. also in the report? That's a real stat. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know what I've been finding is a lot of people who work in Ottawa don't live in Ottawa. Like, I started a new job recently, and there's only, like, seven or eight people working there. But one of them lives in Aylmer, and the other one lives in Armprior. They both, like, drive in. Yeah. You know, get the hell out of here I so guess. I can live and work in Ottawa. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say. That was, uh, I botched that joke. Yeah, I, did, I, I, I was, just, I was like, it. stuttering the entire time. Like Jack the Ripper. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> Uh, all right got some follow-up real follow-up on somerset house so uh it's been around for a century apparently which is pretty it's pretty old it's dilapidated for a reason uh it was first a dry goods store which i guess is just anything but liquids then it was a hotel and most recently it was a pub it was a pub yeah Yeah, that's neat almost people would just go and drink beer in there yep Okay. That's what constitutes. <laughs> that's, that's all it takes. Um, oh, here's a bit of a callback to a previous news story. We reported last night, uh, last month that the Science and Technology Museum is closed until at least January 2015 due to mold found in the south wall. And uh, our reporters, callback to our reporters yep. that exist for sure. They definitely exist. <laughs> have uh, They've had a lot of difficulty getting much more information about the condition of the building since then. However, this week, a new report surfaced saying that the section of the roof held up by the moldy wall is covered in asbestos. So really, there's one more dangerous substance from being able to... Uh, to they are one more this is a poorly worded joke they are (laughs) one one more more dangerous substance for being able to call it a new exhibit that's a chemistry joke it's a a science joke I was like what's what's happening here this is just a bad it's a properly phrase anyway it's (laughs) alright anyway that's uh, that's, that's two jokes botched. That's a new. That's yeah, two. You know, it's, it's a two I didn't write. <laughs> so it's like, I should have just wrote them before, read them beforehand. All right, and that's the news. Uh, thank you, Amon. <laughs> Don't thank me. Thank me. That was a mess. <laughs> you're, on the, you're on the street beat from now on. I was going to say I should. You are our our reporter now. <laughs> to uh, to wrap it up, I think we are going to cap off this episode, which is almost an hour now. Wow. That's, uh, we try. Well, let's try to keep it to forty-five, and we never oh, do. Oh wow! Um, with a speed round. All right, uh, let's do it. Our host's yeah. favorite um, oh. things. We <laughs> right. have to answer questions. Let's do it. Except we have to come up with questions. So, Eric, we're going to ask you a bunch, a series of rapid-fire questions. You have to answer them as quickly as you can. All right. Some are serious. Some are not serious. Okay. Some don't make sense. Let's do it. Uh, Robert, you will start, followed by Mon, and then me. And then Robert will ask his second question. And then Stop. Will do Stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and go. What's your favorite thing about yourself? Uh, narcissism. Have you ever had a goatee? Kinda. Who really killed Roger Rabbit? Can't answer that. 
What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, cheesecake. Do you always wear underpants? Can't answer that. <laughs> uh, last video game you played? Uh, Skyrim. Ah, nice. Blonde or brunette? Brunette. Last uh, book you read? Oh, shit. Uh... Uh, some health food BS book next <laughs> what what would you never wear uh cardigan what would you always wear uh jeans um what's your favorite age <laughs> 18 <laughs> uh what's the hottest spot in Ottawa Zafods nice uh what is your favorite season Summer. If you had to move to one suburb of Ottawa or one borough of Ottawa, what would it be? Uh, it would be the Pian. Right, right now, the Pian. Cool. Okay. What's the best element? Argon. Oh. Uh, money's no object. Where would you travel first? Uh, Australia. What do you like more, Timmins, Sudbury, or Ottawa? Ottawa? You, well, it's not even a question. What's the grossest flavor? Plain. Oh. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Black. Do you miss flip phones? A little bit. Oh. Um, least favorite color? Mm, fuchsia. Are you afraid of the dark? I was and still am. In, <laughs> in no more than two words, describe your body odor. Slightly acceptable. <laughs> That's done. Oh man, that was uh, that was fun. That was a lot. That was good. Record setting, maybe. I don't think we so. Have to go back and listen. Who who's a, who has a record? Kim Scott. Kim, Kim Scott. Chance like thirty. That was a lot. That was a lot okay. too. I'll go back and count. Right. Um, Eric, I want to thank you for being on our show. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been a lot of fun yeah. talking to you. Is there any anything you want to plug or uh, uh, promote? Nothing I want to plug or promote. I just want to tell them crooked vultures, you got to make another album. Josh Omi, John Paul Jones, we'll call tag, out. We'll tag them. Yeah. Come on, got to got to got to create another album, man. I'm dying here. Okay. <laughs> That's you got that old one on repeat for years. Literally, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well, thanks again for being on the show. This has been the Ottawa Podcast. You can find us at our... OttawaPodcast.com. I know. I, I always mess it up. Every time. Do we got to say something? Uh, at the, at the very end. Oh, oh sorry. I'm jumping the gun. No worries. <laughs> uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, shoot us a message if you ever want to be on the podcast. Yeah. Or if you think someone would be interesting or in a certain profession. Yeah, definitely. Or if you have a hot news lead. Oh, yeah. Or if you want to be a reporter. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking we should actually get reporters. <laughs> That'd be cool. Or if you're a local business that has something to promote. We can make, a, we can make your dreams kind of come arrangement. True. Yeah. Also, if you have beer, uh, we can feature it yeah. on this podcast. We do so, that. Throwing that out there. Lots of stuff going on on this end. Um, but yeah, let's get to my favorite part of the, the podcast, the end. <laughs> <laughs> when our guest, uh, our guest takes us out by saying Ottawa in any way that he or she in this uh, case, he likes, yeah, yeah. So, Eric, please take it away. I've had a lot of time to think about us, and I still don't know what I'm going to do. So okay. let's just let me just say just something. Feel it. Okay. All right, here it comes. Auto.
I especially like the cool. voice break. Yeah. I especially like the hand I was movements. doing hand gestures for those who can't see. Well, yeah, that's true. It, it really helped a lot.